Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the fuck we want. Folks, today we have back in the pod, we have Ving Win of the Kinjas. We had Ving on two times before, so we got his origin story. He was on a Ask Us Anything episode, and since then, a whole lot of life has happened. He's been touring, he's been out doing some really cool stuff in this episode. We just get deep, man. We get into life and philosophy to where he's at in his career to even just where he's at with his 2023 focuses. You know, this this is such a crazy pod because like this is a for real, for real catch up. It's not like a you see each other all the time, but you don't have like a long conversation format like a podcast where you get to dive into the deeper stuff. This is like we haven't even seen each other over a long time. <laughs> we haven't even kicked it with this dude in like half a year yeah. because life just moves that fast and that powerfully. And, you know, if, if there was anything that this pod reminded me, it's exactly that. Like life moves so fast that you really, really got to even cherish those small pockets where you can sit down and not take for granted somebody that you value close in your life and you can just have a very, very good and deep conversation with. And, you know, it's just, I'm so humbled, inspired, and proud of like what Ving has gotten, has just been able to accomplish not only in life, but definitely in this last year of major growth and change. And just to be able to sit down and debrief on it is, I mean, that's what life is about. And that's what friends are for, you know? So uh, everybody out there listening and watching, feel free to have a peek into just friends catching up, but in a real ass way. Let's get it. Folks, welcome or welcome back to Kinja's Movement in the Shadows. We are your hosts, Ben and Anthony. And we got squad, squad, squad in the house today. We have dancer, choreographer, creative director. His creative direction includes Jackson Wang, Cirque du Soleil, The Karate Kid, The Musical, BTS, and Kinja's. We have brand new dad in the house. We have Ving Win hey, back hello. in the pod. Man, it sounds so cool when you say it. I'm just like, wow. Hey, but that's you, bro. Dude, what's up, Ving? Oh, uh, what's up, guys? It's um, been a long time. Yeah. This is your third time on the podcast. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, we had one that was like uh, focused on like the creative process. The second one wasn't ask me anything. Yep. From, I don't even know. We were at the was. complex for that. Oh, one. I remember that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like in the pandemic. Yeah, it was the third was, time. This is the third time, and you're in the new setup. So, uh, welcome, dude. Hey, look at this. Thanks yeah, for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. But for real, man, you've been out of the country. You've been traveling a lot. Doing, you're kind of bouncing back from like country to country, back home for a bit, and then out again. Yeah, what you been up New to? New father? Man. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's like I mean, a crazy it's, thing. So much has happened. I don't even know where to start. From pretty much September or October, I was out of the country working on Jackson Wang's tour, Magic Man World tour. Yeah, but even before that, I was already working on it since June or July. So that's pretty much taken a lot of well, all of last year 
as of right now, I do feel like I'm in like a bit of an off season. Like I've just been chilling. Mm-hmm. I got back uh, like mid January. You've so been fathering. I've been yeah. fathering a child. Yes. Yeah. It is so fun. <laughs> we, we just for the first time got a chance to witness Ving just blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, in the in his end. It's like gut. You know, what I mean? like, dad Whoa. mode is pretty cool. Dadding is crazy. I love that. That's probably like the what has been happening the most recently is just fatherhood. Mm. Like just focusing on that. So your but, son. Is five months. Five months old. Five bro. months old. Man. Yeah, September since September fifteenth. Yeah. So you just been back home for the past month, just kind of going in daddy mode. Yeah. Well, I was just gone so much throughout the first couple months of his life, which was unfortunate. It was honestly really hard too, because I think all of us have experienced like traveling overseas for our careers, or if we have to like teach and stuff. We've been doing that for. 15 years maybe more yeah you know so it becomes a part of our lifestyle and it's as you travel and as you get older you kind of realize how much life you miss at home like from people that you love or like Mm. family or friends and etc and i think just having a kid just makes it way harder you're just like you talk about and i'm not saying this to make you feel bad i'm just putting shit into like perspective like zen is like five months old and you're gone for like a month that's like 20 percent of his life so far like you're making me feel terrible (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm just saying i can only imagine you know what i mean like how that feels because you know man to man like those are conversations that are starting to like flirt in my mind you know what i mean me and nina are doing the same thing we're talking Mm -hmm. about like trying to like get mentally prepared on like trying to have children oh Yeah, no. You heard it first. It's it's super, uh, it's super fun. So I have so many questions for you, which we're gonna talk about on this pod. That's that's real catch up. It's gonna be a lot of. Oh my god! Oh no! I'd be a man. Um, (laughs) No, but really though, it's like it's like we've been talking about you know getting mentally ready to think about starting to try. You know, doing all those disclaimers in your head that like humble you down to a place where you don't like have too many expectations, so you can prepare for it in a certain way, Mm -hmm. right? But then it's kind of like the most recent conversation we had was a little bit of a, a downer versus the excitement, the usual conversations of preparation. This one was like, what if I'm gone for like a month? Yeah, mm. it's real. Yeah. They're real conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like what happens? Like, how, how are you going to feel? Are you going to be sad? Or are you going to have the support that you need and stuff like that? And it just, mm-hmm. there's a whole different realm of that. Like, how do you, you know, navigate through that <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. W- with Gabriel and, and, and just like as a new father? Like, where are you? Because... That's just a part of like our natural lives and right. straight up, like you're going through it. <laughs> God willing, I will too eventually. Like, what is that like? What do you feel? What do you think? Uh, I don't think there is a, a really complete right answer. Like I'm still figuring it out myself. And I think every person and every family is going to be different as as you kind of go through it. But we're we're still figuring it out. And I think we've made huge decisions to kind of support ourselves as a family and uh, even our like mental spaces as individuals too, or even like our marriage. I think that's a whole different thing too. As you know, someone's just newly married. It's just so many things to uh, consider. But right now, as I'm kind of like in my off season, I've just have had the chance to really just be with him like all the time, like see him grow up. And one of the big <laughs> decisions that we had to make, which is another life thing. So I'm kind of jumped through hurdles. We'll get back to Jackson. I promise. It's all good. You know, we gotta talk age. about Jackson, bro. <laughs> We're talking about Zandon. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> One of our big decisions was, um, which not a lot of people actually know, surprisingly. So I guess it's gonna be official. But we don't live in LA anymore. Ooh. We, yeah. Whoa, but you guys already know. But whoa. Oh. <laughs> uh, we we 
decided to buy a house in San Diego, so we live in Oceanside. Congratulations. Yeah, yep, that's brother. amazing. Freaking, you know, expensive. But <laughs> for longevity's sake, you know, having a kid makes you think not even just like one step ahead, but you have to think mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20, like where am I going to be 5, mm-hmm. 10, 20 years, etc. And what kind of life do we want to uh, create for our son, you know? So... Um, we moved down to San Diego because my, my family's down there. We have like a lot of help and um, just trying to figure out the new ways in which to even just make a living, you know, like as <laughs> I was 34, about to be 35 this year, I think our, our natural transition from, I guess, our younger years in our 20s, like being dancers or performers or, you know, choreographers, et cetera, how does that manifest and how does that culminate into something that can really strive for longevity or go past our physical sense to provide something through our experience or things like that, you know? So those are just, I mean, some of the things I just think about Mm. every day, bro, you know? (laughs) Dude, I almost want to like turn back and go back in time a little bit to, mm-hmm. to get some like where you were at mentally and stuff because obviously in the present it's like whoa like you know you you've accomplished uh, all these cool things that ben just introed out you know what i mean um <laughs> you have a kid you just moved you know uh, out of la and bought a house and stuff but to make it like uh more relatable to where like you know like i said where, yeah, yeah, where totally. even i'm at you know uh and, and where it can go just back to that friend to friend conversation like one what was like the the thoughts that you had when you found out Gabby was pregnant and then also <laughs> just straight up in the niche world that we're in, like as an artist and as a creator, like what in your mentality like started to change? I know that, you know, I can only imagine like the stories I hear again, since I haven't walked down that path. Second, you know that your life isn't your own anymore and you're providing for somebody else. Yeah. You didn't know you had like a seventh gear that you can kick into. And I, I no doubt saw some of that, but I would love yeah. for you to like kind of walk us through like where you were at mentally, how you were feeling, things that you feel like you needed to do for your own life and to get prepared for it, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, no, that's a great question. The moment we found out that we were pregnant was late December 2021. And I was actually on the night I found out, I was actually with y'all. <laughs> we were we were drinking. At, at a sushi bar <laughs> at kombu sushi yeah, yeah. whoa that was the night that was the night whoa. so when lee J came up and all that that yeah. was the night so we were obviously having a good time and like you know sharing where our lives are at we went to the bar to kind of talk about all the stuff that you were doing in crypto mike was getting into like screenwriting etc that was the night so that night yeah <laughs> the night i got back it was late, like I we were. Uh, so it was after you ago. didn't know at that no, time. No, no, oh, hell no. <laughs> He's like, I wouldn't have even <laughs> showed up. Have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked to the apartment, and it's like dark. I was like, okay, what the heck? And uh, they get the bathroom light was on. You kind of just see like the bathroom light around the door, and I just kind of like opened it. And Gabri kind of just turns around. You could see her eyes are kind of red, and she kind of just shows me the pregnancy test. I saw that video, so she was already like. Yeah. She had her, her, yeah, her yeah. phone ready to go. <laughs> yeah, well, she, <laughs> wow. she she was recording because at the time we were already trying, you know. Yeah. Just, uh, well, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. We weren't not not trying. It was just, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's on video. You could find it online how, like, <laughs> you could see it in my face. I was shocked, bro. Like, I didn't even know how to take it in. Like, 
I think the feeling, God, it's so hard to describe because it's one, you're overjoyed, you're like so happy, but at the same time, the end of the spectrum, you're fucking terrified, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just terrified, you know, because I think that that automatically, you're not just a partner, you're now like the head of your household. You're like, mm. man, that's going to provide for your family. And like, we're living in this small apartment. And, you know, I, I think as artists too, it's a little scary because we come to the realization of like, dang, where's my next paycheck coming from? How do I get him into school? How do I, this is all at once. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're just yeah, sitting there just oh, like You went from paralyzed. next paycheck to how do I get him into school? <laughs> no, for reals, bro. Right. Like even now, like we think about like, <laughs> like, oh man, it's going to be crazy when he leaves the house, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just thinking that far ahead. But I think it's just natural because... You know, this human being is going to be with us, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that, I guess the best way to put it is not just live for yourself anymore. I've known you for a really long time. And, um, dude, I, I remember formality being, dude. <laughs> so, like, seeing, 14 year old. Yeah, dude. seeing you from there to seeing the man you are now. Dang, 20 years then. 20 years. It's bro. been like 20 years. Yeah. When I first got down with Kinjas, too, that was probably more of the time that I actually like got to know you even though we were on SGVM for a, a, a short little blip I really felt like I got to know you during our, our time here in Kinja's and I've seen even the evolution of Ving from like Kinja's <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying like you know from our very first crusade to you know present day and um I think something. That <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. See, that, there's there's a lot of context there. Just, for some reason, images popped on. I, I me too. You, it was very sentimental. When well, you had me at SGBM, and then the yeah. second you went to no, our first but, crusade, I was like, oh, but yeah, see, that's you that's just me. imagine but, me in my boxers on the table, like. <laughs> I do. You said it. You I do remember it. that. That was Dude, definitely the image yeah. I went in my head. Yeah, that was the image in my good, head too. Hey, we had, we, we had, had a great a time. Life, we had a man. great time. Yeah. And and you know, <laughs> from from things like those times to, um, and I've seen your growth um, as a dancer, as a mover, as a creator, as a director, and then I just saw this kind of like. Just like this burst of like, yeah, Ving's a man now, dude. And like people say that when you are ready for growth or like when you're ready for the next thing in your life, you get married. And then when you're ready for your next, next thing in your life of growth, you have a child. Oh, wow. And so like, was there a conscious time for you? And, and again, Crusade Ving was dope. Like everybody <laughs> enjoyed that. But was there a conscious moment for you? And maybe there wasn't. I'm not. That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah. Was there a conscious moment for you where you were like, I think I'm ready for like that next chapter or that w I'm ready to grow into my new man? Was there anything? Was there ever a time like that for you? I think we've, I mean, even to touch on what you said before, too, I think we've gone through just so much life and I've seen very young iterations of anthony too and very young iterations of ben <laughs> we've just gone through a lot of life together um and to kind of just maybe touch on on that of am i ready for this next chapter i don't know if it was conscious or not i think that marriage is is different because in the sense 
uh, I guess it's not so much an inward of like, I'm ready to take my, my next step, so I'm going to get married, but more so I'm ready to take on my life with this person because we are going to make each other better. You know, mm. we're going to elevate together. You make me better. I make you better. And it's like kind of that team partnership that you that you uh, have clarity on. And I think that's probably the best word to describe, at least in this moment, uh, Gabri and I, she, got, she brought me so much clarity. And I think that having a partner to have a sounding board or to have really meaningful, intentional, purposeful conversations and pursuing your life together, it allowed like much more clarity. Um, so I don't know if that was conscious or not, but I felt a shift for sure, like in that phase of marriage. And then <laughs> called the pandemic, I don't even know. But I think the pandemic, because we were just locked inside, we're just like, man, what's the next thing, you know, of just mm -hmm. like life? Because I think up to that point, you know, we were just doing so much in our lives, traveling around the world, doing all these great and amazing things. But then when the world stopped, we kind of just questioned like, what's like really important to us? And like, mm. what, what do we want out of all these things that are all fabulous and they're all great in its own right of fulfilling ourselves with things that are uh, dream fulfilling or, you know, goal accomplishing. But what's going to bring us true, uh, like soul fulfillment, you know? And I think for us, it was like, it was always in the books, but like, I think we we're ready to start a family, mm. you know? And ready is such like a loose term because even as you're thinking about it, Ant, you will be, but you won't be For sure. at all. For sure. I was actually going to ask you, uh, which obviously is like subjective and, and uh, there's no scale to this, but like, uh -huh. like on a scale of like one to 10, 10 being like absolutely ready and uh -huh. zero or one being not, where were you mentally in your mind like number wise how ready were you and then what was the actual number once it was real <laughs> because that's that's where i'm at i i, I know yeah, yeah, i'm not yeah. ready i know i've seen it i've seen my sister i've seen nina's sister i've seen it in my life yeah, i yeah, know yeah. i'm not ready but like at the same time there's only so much you think you can prep for. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So like you no matter what, it's like even though you're unready, you're at the the ready to be unready place. Mm. You yeah, know yeah. What I mean? No, that's actually probably the perfect way to put it. It's just like, I'm ready, but I don't I don't know what I'm getting into, but I'm ready for it. You know? Yeah, that's so. the only thing I kind of feel, but that's why I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah, like, yeah. where were you? I felt like I was at an eight of like, oh, I'm ready, you know, like let's do this. And when we're in it. In terms of ready, but this is all, I don't know, it's a tricky question because I think you get ready, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, that's yeah. perhaps maybe even a bigger philosophy too of, of other things. But in terms of like where I actually was, I don't know, like a two. <laughs> but, Shit, but I'm you, a one then. <laughs> but you learn, you know, and I think maybe the bigger thing to jump into, at least for me as a person to even taking on big, bigger jobs or, you know, creative direction is mm -hmm. like... Um, you will be mentally ready. Like, I'm ready for this. Like, I'm going to take it on. And I think having the confidence to do that um, kind of ejects you into those spaces where it allows you to be. But uh, I'm a big believer in just doing, you know, and just mm -hmm. um, I think that you can prepare yourself enough for anything. But if you've never treaded or gone there before, no, like undoubtedly you will learn, you know, and you mm. will get ready for it. And um, 
I think that's what it was like for for us as we keep continuing on as parents is that we're continuing to learn and 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 prepare and do the best that we can really as parents. I think that's if you have the willingness to do it like and the and like the strength to really press through you're ready. I feel like, you know, and even with bigger uh, let's say creative direction direction roles or like choreography roles or you know anyone who's even seeing um i guess dancers who are hearing this or are seeing this is like when will i know i'll be ready and i've had so many conversations with people god countless with people who who never take the leap because they never felt that they're ready mm. but i think for me you know especially in like the younger generation I'm like you have all the tools that you have to get there like you have this you have this you have the resources you have the mentorship if you ask for it and ultimately it's just like what's holding you back and almost always it's like I don't know I'm scared mm. or like oh, I don't feel ready you know and um sadly I've seen people who have never taken the leap to do that and I guess that potential uh space in which they could have elevated to is kind of just it becomes a pipe dream you know mm. so i guess for anyone who's even listening and who just feels like they want to take the next step into pursuing the next thing prepare yourself up to a point but at some point the the work has to become application you know and it mm -hmm. has to become i'm going to do it or and just going for it cuz you will fail you will learn you will make mistakes but i think that's essential to how we grow you know as human right. beings i love that man there's so much to to like glean off of that sort of wisdom that i think that you're talking about is cool. just just go for it yeah you no, know what totally. i mean cuz you're gonna learn there's no other way but to learn yeah that fear that people run into or feel fear of failure like oh, i messed up uh, I think that kind of brings people down like maybe I shouldn't even be here but in terms of like a picture point of where that is like oh maybe I shouldn't even be here they're like at the point in the at the mountain you know it's like oh if you keep going it's good like you're there mm -hmm. you know and um there's actually a quote I thought you were going to say it I might be butchering it but it's I forget who says it but it's the only thing a man can do is to be ready for when his time comes I I've kind of lived by that is to just always continuously be ready in every sense of the word, you can prepare yourself, like you said, like as much as you can. But at one point, you just do. Mm -hmm. And if I can encourage anyone even listening to, is to really embrace the failure and like really uh, fall in love with the process of having to fall and fail. <laughs> that sounds like a big downer, but honestly, that's where the growth comes from. You mm -hmm. know, is where you come out better. Your your skin is thicker. You know, you could run farther. You could do so many more things when you fall in love with the process. Mm. So I think as a Ving fan, people could be like, "Oh, but I've never seen Ving fail. He's always killing it, right?" Mm -hmm. Like, but that it's that's what it could look like. You know, I think when you follow people on social media, they don't really post the stuff that they like failed at. <laughs> you know, true. they they post the stuff that are their successes and their highlights of like, "Oh, look at me! I'm on stage. I'm I'm traveling and doing all the stuff." Yeah. Is there a moment for you where you felt like, and if you're willing to be um, a bit vulnerable here? Yeah, yeah. Is there, is there or was there a time that you felt like, man, that was, that was a tough learning lesson that I had to just go through and just let it teach <laughs> me whatever it was going to teach me? Man, 
So many, bro. <laughs> I don't know about. I mean, it doesn't have to be the grand life changing thing, but even like, let's just say, even in like the your creative process or the way that you've maybe thought your your career was gonna go, and then maybe it didn't quite. Like, was there any ever anything sure. like that? I mean, to be honest, I, I'm I'm racking my brains. I'm also like, there's so many because I feel like everything I take on, and we are our biggest critics, right? Like when you look at something, you're like damn, that was whack. I could do that better. But someone else could be like, that was the best thing I've ever seen, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's the self, uh, self-observation, self the self-criticism that allows um, not to beat ourselves down, but oh, I could do better. Or like, ooh, that could have been different. Uh, I find it in everything I do. Like even stuff that I post online or, or whatever, choreography jobs that I take on or performances that we've done. She's like, Oh, I can't watch that because that, you know, that like one thing I, I wanted to do a lot better. And there's always that. So I don't know if there's a particular descriptive experience, but um, I fail all the time, man. Like even, you know, uh, as we've worked on Jackson's show, it's amazing. Like it's a great show. I'm very proud of it. But there is even things in there. I'm like, ooh, I could have done that better. And it's perhaps not even anything <laughs> physically seen. It's just like, oh, I should have talked to that person like this. Or like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, I think that um, when you're in a position of creative direction, it's not just the product, but it's the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I'm a, such a huge believer in the creative process and whatever comes out as a show is the cherry on top for me personally. Um, it's just finding those things that like, mm, okay, I could have reined in my temper or I could have, you know, stood for this idea more. You know, things where I'm like, that would have worked. And it's like, damn, I shouldn't have changed my mind. Or like, I shouldn't have let this person like change my mind, mm. et cetera. Things like that. They're very, very minute. Not not anything that people would be so apparent to see. But it happens every day, man. I'm, I'm a constant learning machine. It's mm -hmm. uh, uh, as as Bruce Lee says, is be water, my friend, right? Mm -hmm. It's being malleable to everything that comes through and being able to be adaptable and, you know, work your way through those mm -hmm. things. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. You know, that's really cool because I, I, even as like you're, you're talking about in your own head, <clears throat> the, the, the things that you thought could have been, could have been done better. Whereas someone else who's observing, like, I thought that was great, but like, I'm sure everybody, the, the most talented person that you look up to will probably say exactly what you said. I could have sure. done that better. But you're like, I thought that was a great performance or I thought that was a great decision. And you're <laughs> yeah. just, in their minds, like, no, nah, I could. If we just accept that as the norm, like there is not a single, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there like, no, nah, I'm perfect. But like, well, good luck. <laughs> like, But most people will be like, I appreciate that, but I, it, it could have been done better. I think what that, does is one it never satiates your appetite for growth 
because mm-hmm. you're always gonna be like, if the, if I could have done that better, that means I'm gonna try harder next time, mm-hmm. and you'll continue to grow in that way. And then it also keeps you, yeah, like on that same token, keeps you humble, right? Because you always know like there's always room to be better. Even even if it's, like you said, not necessarily the move or the execution of, of something, but just the way that you felt like you could have talked to somebody or you could have been more patient or you could have, yeah, been a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, you know, assertive in some way. There's always something. And I think that's why like the greatest achievers and artists and creators um, continue to break their own boundaries and barriers because they're probably always going to be here be like there's always something that could be improved you, you know what's interesting though mm-hmm. um and just for the sake of fun conversation i feel like what a lot of people maybe don't touch on is uh, and again this is my observation my understanding is i i think that it's more of a tightrope act it's like a balancing act because i think that some of the greatest fuck greatest like just people in general like you know what i mean it's like yes you have to be able to like understand and humble yourself and see what you can work on. Know that there's always room to grow. Um, have a, a constant student mentality so that you can constantly uh, evolve as an individual and get to the next tier. I think that I feel like that's a very, um, uh, for the sake of simple terms, like that's like a, a constant thing that I feel like a lot of people talk about. But Maybe you can shed some light on this too, Vang, if, if you feel this way. But mm-hmm. maybe something that people don't often talk about is the other side of that reflection that is, I think, just as important to uh, understand the balance between. And I call it a tightrope because I also believe that only crazy people are capable of doing crazy things. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, uh, all the innovative geniuses, artists, scientists, etc. I'm not saying they're like arrogant assholes by any means, but I genuinely believe that like if somebody's going to go out there and change the world, they have to be crazy mm-hmm. enough to in in some way, shape, or form believe right. mm-hmm. that they're yeah. capable of changing the world. And that's a hard thing to also hold on to on your shoulders, right? Like totally. truly, like one, like e- even um, let's put real world example, like being a creative director for like Jackson Shore or something. Mm-hmm. Ving's also got to be the guy who can walk into a room and anybody who's like looking up to the person who's holding that responsibility, they have to, in this unwavering way, just know <laughs> that he's got the answer. Even if he doesn't have the answer, mm-hmm. he's got a he's the guy with the answer. Right. And and there's, you know, like feel free to um just sure. chime in on how you perceive a little bit of like uh, and again, my analogy is something like a tightrope, because you know, being in that position too, it's like on the one hand. You're the you're the last stop for answers, so you got to have one, even if you don't have one. Sure. On the other hand, you're also like your own worst critic, mm-hmm. and you also know your your faults that people might not see and where you want to improve. And like, how do you balance that for yourself? Mm. As a creative, big risk is high reward, mm-hmm. but then big risk is also big risk. Like you could also be like, "Totally, oh, that was the most terrible idea <laughs> we've done." Which, you know, I, I'm sure we all have. Uh, that in our in our own workings as well. Yeah, hashtag Kanye, just 
Feel free to look at his entire <laughs> journey. Like, you see both. You know what I mean? I was going like, to say Kinja's. Oh, yeah, Kinja's. Like, great. Kinja's like Kanye. Ooh, no, 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 no. Cut we're just like, Leave shows where we look back, we're like, whoa, what were we thinking? You know? But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but it was because in the spirit of innovativeness, we're like, we have to do things that people have never seen before. And I think that's the wheel that continues to create the novelty experience as artists, mm. right? And creating new works for the world. Let's say in the particular example of like walking into a room, everyone's looking at you for an answer. I think that also kind of goes semi hand in hand too with the idea of preparedness. And there's this like, I always refer to this book. I, re- I referred to it last time too. It's uh, called The 21 Laws of Leadership by John oh, yeah, C. Maxwell. Yeah. Maxwell, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've read it? Uh-huh. Amazing. It's, I mean, it, the whole thing's about leadership. And, you know, every time I'm pitching an idea or I'm in a room or I'm talking to certain departments about what the lighting should be, what the sound should be, what the costume should feel like, uh, or even talking to Jackson about like, this is the story pitch, blah, 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 blah. It's because I'm confident that I've spent the most time on it. Like, mm. I, like in, in the room, like no one has worked harder on this project than I have. Like I know all the answers because I'm literally day and night like working on this project. And, <clears throat> and that was how it was uh, even leading up to my son's birth. It was just like day and night, like working on this project so that we could get it going. Because at, at some point, I think as a leader, you you trust your team, you know, and you trust the people that you've appointed to it. And you're like, here's the vision, here's everything is the context and take it away. And then as like a, at least in my personal experience as a creative director, all you need to do now is just rein in the ideas and keep mm-hmm. it going until you finish and cross the line. But up to that point, to your to your to your point is like, yeah, you just have to know, you know. And I think that it's not. Uh, I guess it's not about faking it. I think it's just more so believing it. And I think that takes so much mental wrangling of like, God, is this the right idea? Or like, are we doing the right thing? But um, I think at the end of the day, if you believe in something so strongly, if you don't believe it, no one else will. Totally. Mm. So walking in like Mm. rooms like that, that's just kind of the approach. How do you make decisions? Like how how can you become decisive? Because I think in any life scenario, we we're faced with decisions, but especially when it comes to like an artistic choice or like a career path, I think we all have that. We we come to so many crossroads. We're like, I don't know. Do I go this way or do I go this way? Is it? Do I? choose this move or do I choose that move? Do I pick this song or, you know what I'm saying? Like we have so many decisions that we need to make. And then the whole analysis paralysis, we think ourselves to death and we don't make any decision and we don't do do anything. Yeah, totally. Um, How how do you make your decisions when you're unsure? No, I love that question. Cause I think that that even just goes hand in hand to just trial and error. (laughs) Like I've, I've been choreographing since I was 14. Like I had, that was my first thing to dance when I stepped into it. Like I had no one to dance with. So I'm like, I'm going to become one of my own dance moves, you know? And like, I just chose like a random, it was like a baby face song or something like that. And um, I was doing martial arts at the time. So I'd just be in like full gi outside, just like dancing. Dancing a baby face <laughs> in a martial arts gi. <laughs> yeah. And we need a reference for this. <laughs> Because I, I took Taekwondo when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my first introduction into like learning my body. And mm-hmm. you have to learn forms. For sure. Right, right, right. Right. You're like, hada, hada, yeah. hada. You're like, okay, Kuse. this is just, yeah. yeah, you're just memorizing moves. 
So um, doing it to music or even just transforming it to make a dance, I was like, oh, this is fun. I think it's just a matter of trial and error. Sometimes when you don't know, like, oh, do I choose this move or this move? I think all it comes down to, especially because the root of it is as we're artists and we're ex expressionists. Expressionists. Sure. Yeah. 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 Expressionists that you just kind of dig deep inside to like what feels the best or like what is right to me, you know? And, and I think that comes with the most fulfillment. And as you exercise these things, you discover, Ooh, that was not a good idea. Or like, maybe I should do something else next time, but that's that trial and error. Mm -hmm. And you are refined by your craft by doing over and over again, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that in a sense for, I guess anyone out there again, who's like listening is refining your voice refining your taste, refining your, your, your vision into something. Um, I think it just takes time and it takes practice just with anything. I right. think Taylor's oldest time, right? It's just time and practice. And just I, something. I like mm. the way that you say like refining your voice and refining your taste, because especially nationally, we're talking about like creative spaces too. Yeah. And it's like, you, I think uh, even myself, you can get kind of drowned by trying to figure out the right answer but like when you're talking about creative decisions like if it's your voice and your taste chances are you're in that position because somebody chose you for your voice and your taste <laughs> right you know what i mean yeah. so if you mm -hmm. just trust in, and and fall on your <clears throat> refined voice and taste that's probably the appropriate answer right. you could still be wrong and fail or the client might not like it or the artist or the project or whatever it is you're working on but the point was that like you've been investing in yourself and everything that you've done that got you that opportunity at that point or put you in that position chances are it's your same voice and taste that got you there that is what is needed mm. to progress you know what i mean yeah it's just more refined versus just and again i, I have to continue to admit like i'm guilty of this too right a lot of times with creative work, you're given an assignment. And it's like, sometimes <laughs> you, like, uh, me personally, I feel like in the last couple of years, I've gotten really good at handling the assignment. And I think the inverse is, is like, I feel like I've lost a lot of my own taste and voice sometimes. And I got to retract, mm -hmm. you know, and, and go back to like the drawing board to like find something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I, I just like the way that you said specifically like refined voices or refining your taste through trial and error. Word. No, I love that. Mm. And I'd love to add on to that because I I feel like even what you just even touched up on is like becoming lost in, let's say, the assignment or things that, let's say, the client asks for or whatever. Uh, I even went, we go through that all the time. You yeah, know what I mean? And, totally. and I think that there was a period in time in which I gave myself fully to the idea and the um, vision of others without consulting myself. And I think that that... <clears throat> Like you're producing things, but you feel nothing about it, you know? And, and I think that that once you start receiving success or failure from it, you don't know how to uh, regurgitate it again because it's not based on anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that, that helped me to kind of just be more um, sturdy in the footing of like, no, I think I want to do this, you know? And whether the client <laughs> likes it or not, based on their their preference sometimes they love it sometimes they hate it but at least at the end of the day when i put my head on the pillow i'm like i loved it <laughs> you, yeah, sleep. Yeah, you know what yeah, i mean sure. so and i think that's the voice that matters because that's what you're going to carry through your life every day you yeah know? so ving i mean we definitely don't want to glaze over the fact that you just came off of a massive project with jackson 
Uh, we we talked about it a little bit, but yeah. um, I mean that was a big big thing. Feel free to unpack that for us. Well, obviously, Kinjas has been working with Jackson for a while since like twenty. 18, 17, 16? Something like that. On yeah. Hot Blood Dance Crew. So we've all kind of been acquainted, yep. acquainted for, for a while. But he hit me up about doing like a music video at first or like a tour or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I was confused because obviously we always usually go through through Kinjas. He's like, no, I actually just want your like input into the show. I want you to do it. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And obviously, you know, fast forward, we've had a lot of conversations, which got the blessing for and i think naturally as kinjas we're always so supportive of one another in every endeavor which is amazing because it's past business um and just fam you know what i mean and i think always. that's that's the stuff that matters so he gave me a call asked me to well at first choreograph it and i was like oh sure and then <laughs> i think it was uh daryl his manager was like do you actually like direct do you like creative direct <laughs> and this is also one of those moments yeah, where you're, you're like, just like, sure, I this do. Is, this is the door. <laughs> right, and, right. And, uh, and this is the first time. I don't you... want to trick you, Daryl. I've done stuff before. <laughs> <laughs> but like to this caliber, it's just right. like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. Here's, the, here's my chance. I'm like, yeah, right, let's do it. Right. And it was one of those moments where it's just like, okay, like I'm going to learn a lot and then right. just go in. You and I know into I'm going to kind of make, gain some hard lessons, but ultimately like what we've created together is so special and um i think working and collaborating with jackson is is so easy because he's you know he's a great guy he knows what he wants but he's also open to the collaboration of of making the show together so our very first conversations was in beverly hills he had like a house oh am i allowed to say that I don't know. You don't give, you're not yeah. giving his address <laughs> yeah. away. It's all good. Yeah, the address was. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the show, and you know, loosely, he would just kind of be like, "This is kind of what I'm looking for. We should do something like this." And then from there, it's just ping pong of like, "Oh, well, what if we do this?" Or and then he'd be like, "Oh, I want this moment in the show. Cool." And I think my my role in this was really just creating the story. And I think what has helped knowing Jackson for this long too is just seeing his life and his career and allowing that to be the uh the compass for the show and I don't want to give too much away because we still we're not even halfway through the tour I don't think we still have the U.S. South America and China coming up but I think it reflects. Which some of us are about to ask you for some LA tickets, by the way, just FYI. <laughs> Hi, my Bring name is on, Some bro. of Us. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on, dude. Uh, just jump on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, he's serious. <laughs> he's the creative director. I'm it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just going back to the tour, even like putting it together was really making sense of it. And I think. The, the the big thing I really want to talk about in the show is that, like, I think what's special about Jackson's show is it's his story and it's a very human one. And I think anyone can relate, you know, just like going through the ringers of your own inner demons, your own darkness and and finding your own voice and kind of embracing and taking the mantle on as as confident and as as an authentic you, you know, and I think he he relates that to the term of magic man is becoming your own magic man and finding that voice within yourself. So um, I think that and a bunch of spectacular things that happen in this show that we've kind of got to concoct together and collaborate on. 
I'm really proud of it. And I think that it's not even just me and Jackson. There's a huge team that's involved uh, from the music director with Max to, you know, Plan A, which is the production company. And Troy, who's in China, who contributed a lot to the aesthetic as well. There's like a huge team that allowed it to make it happen. And it's continuing on. And if that's kind of like an indicator of what's, I guess, next for me is, is, is finishing out the tour. You know, mm. there's so many more places to experience it. And being a witness to how it's already been received in like Thailand, Malaysia, and London and Paris is just like, it's really magical seeing people who are fans, but also not fans, like watch the show, but be just totally blown away by mm. um, just Jackson, you know, as yeah. a performer, he's a beast. He's an incredible that, performer, yeah. You know what I mean? So, he's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said uh, it. <laughs> um, question so what was uh without you know spoilers or anything like that in whatever way that you deem fit what is your favorite part of the show oh and then okay. also for you personally what was your uh, most memorable or favorite part of the process putting the show together damn i'll start with favorite <laughs> part of the show unexpectedly so too because i think that as a creator, you become attached to certain things for different reasons. Totally, yeah. But my favorite part of the show is when we created To Drive You Home, uh, which I think you actually got a chance to create too as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, were yeah. helping me film on a cell phone outside your apartment that <laughs> that's night. That's right. Because, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's a whole other yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many memories. Uh, crusade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Drive You Home, because uh, one of the... It's not at every show. It just is based on the production budget. But um, there's a part of the show where the stage comes up and it rotates. Uh, it's a rotating stage. It's like a square. And we got to create something really special that kind of told a story through that. But what I love about it is that it's actually not much dancing, per se. Yeah, It's really a lot of storytelling and just moments that kind of make it beautiful. And, and I think what uh, I'm so used to, or we, I should say, as like... The collegiate dance community that we come from is just overloading stuff with so much content. You're like, oh my gosh, I was crazy. But I think with the magic with this one was just taking away. Taking away mm. until it felt stripped down enough to be like, I think it's ready to go. And I think that was one of my favorite parts of it. Dope. What was it in the oh favorite part of the creative process? For you personally. <sighs> Damn. I think it's twofold. The first one is seeing it for the first time. Like yeah. You know, you pour yourself and you pour your whole soul into something and then you see it in its culmination for the first time in like in a grand arena. You're like, holy crap, this is not just in my mind. It is tangible <laughs> and it's real and it's happening, you know. And I think the second part of that was experiencing it truthfully with Addy and Carlo. You know, because yeah. Yeah, Addy was my uh, associate creative director and also manager. And Carlo was my associate choreographer. And I think that, you know, when you when you work so hard on something and I guess you just get to see it and experience it together in that space and, and <laughs> you know, taking a photo together too, even with Jackson, like Kinja's, you know, it's just like, sick. it's powerful, that man. You know, it's just like, look what we're making and look what we're creating and the, and, and the scale of this stage to people who just... Um, well, one, love music, love entertainment, but also just want to be moved, you know, by a great story. So I think that's, 
at least for now. I love that. Yeah. Last year, last year was a big year for you, man. Just as a friend, being able to witness from afar, watching you undertake, you know, a world tour to like also going and working on like, you know, the Karate Kid and stuff. Um, to see, you know, seeing you obviously, you know, buying a home, having a kid, which is crazy <laughs> beyond measure. I can't even process that. You know, all the uh, the side work, like in between those things, you were. You were choreographed uh, some mini choreography for like different K-pop and like mm-hmm. T-pop artists and different stuff like that. You know, halfway through some of you guys' rehearsals with Jazz and me and you still had to get in the text to coordinate when this guy could go out and get his tattoo and adjusting <laughs> to that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. you had a wild and super inspiring year. Like I, I was, you know, I think well, thank you, the, the rest of the kindreds just being able to get a front row seat and just like you know watching one of our brothers just take off. Like I think. I think, needless to say, I think 2022 was a very, like, take-off year for you. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, man. Like, did you see that for yourself like that? (laughs) But in retrospect, you know, when you really think about it, like, do you you feel and understand, like, how your peers can see, you know, and just witness that, literally, like... Like, you jumped on a trampoline, and then we didn't see you again for, like, half a year. Because <laughs> that's how high you were able to go, and it was amazing, oh, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, like, how, did you see that for yourself? And then, like, also just, I guess in general, like, I, I know this is super loaded and we're short on time, but, like, what's next for you, you know? One, to answer your first question, no. <laughs> I didn't see it that way, but I appreciate that. Like, I think always in hindsight, you get a reflection of, like, what... Um, I guess how it's perceived in the moment, it it was insane, you know, because uh, Gabra was pregnant most of last year and they're just being like, I got to provide, I got to do this, you know, and just like running. It's almost like with blinders, just sprinting, just like vision, I just yeah. have to do this, you know, there's just no choice. I can't, I think that was actually a strength of it too, I guess, it, when you're in the midst of it, it's just not allowing outside noise to hinder your your speed of it. And I think that that helped me and and i think the support from you guys and the brothers and the kinjas only accelerated me further it's almost like hands on my back like pushing me forward too and i think that's like just as powerful you know what i mean and um (laughs) i always talk to gabby about this whenever i guess tunnel vision is probably the best way to say this but whenever i do get into something (laughs) <laughs> that's literally what happens like i'm just totally absorbed and obsessed by it mm. good or bad i don't know but um it's i think it allowed way, dude. <laughs> it just allowed me to focus and focus on it and um i think the culmination of it and, and the pressure of it is also because of my son like i want him to grow up and be proud or even just look back and be cared for in a way that's both financially and also uh from a passion perspective of chasing your dreams and knowing that I did everything I could, you know, to um, accelerate my career and, and my family, but also provide, you know? Yeah. Well, we know we're short on time and um, you're, you're about to run to uh, another rehearsal or something. Not mine, it's actually Gabby's Okay, it's rehearsal. Gabby's rehearsal. <laughs> Gotta get you out of here. Um, so That's we're, freaking cool. It is, it is pretty, pretty cool. You guys are killing it. I'm just a dad um, today, guys. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just watching the baby. Um, so we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna skip our lightning round with you today. This season, or starting from last season, we actually kind of uh, 
ended with a different question. We we got your golden role the first time that you were on the pod. So mm. uh, this 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 go around, we're entertaining the concept of mastery. Bruce Lee has his quote: "I fear not mm. the man who has practiced ten thousand kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick ten thousand times." Mm -hmm. uh, what is something that you feel like you've poured so many uh, hours, blood, sweat, and tears into that you feel like you've actually mastered? I don't know about mastered, but at least in this chapter of my life, I've gotten much better hold of it is my uh, myself, actually, like self-control. I think that, and, and the only reason why I say that is because I think when I'm 34, in, in my 20s, it's just like, not that I didn't have self-control, but you're just so like, oh, it's over here, I want to do this, oh, no, no, we'll do it over here, over here, but it's also just mastering I guess maybe there's a better way to say is my focus. Because mm. I think I can say the sure, like dance, but I think that's a little bit more vague. I think on the more personal level, it's it's my focus and finding purpose and then getting the steps to execute to get there. I actually see that in you. I like it's, <laughs> it's very evident. Like well, I, thanks, I will just validate that. You can focus on it. I can focus you like on that? your focus. Wow. That was terrible. Oh, focusing that was like on. a three out of ten, but it's okay. <laughs> it's we still try. Works. Still we works. try here. We've been drinking. <laughs> We've been drinking. Bing, one, dude, thank you for stopping by, man. It was a good hangout, dude. Like, I, we were just like, should we just record for like 30 minutes and just hang out the rest? But I feel like we kind of accomplished all Both. of that in this sit down. And just the way that you are growing as a man, not only is it inspiring, it's very refreshing and it's very like sobering too. It's like, yo, man, like that's what's up. Like I, that my whole thing is like when I'm listening to you, I'm like, yes, I'm I'm fully vibing with you, man. And we know you have nothing but a bright future ahead of you. Can't wait to spend more time with you, as you said you wanted to do in the next you know year. Like you know, hanging out and just just being friends and fam. Let's do that and. You got a beautiful, handsome little boy and and a beautiful wife and and you're you're killing it right now, dude. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for driving up here to spend some time with us and and just sitting of down course, and, and doing what we do. But uh we love you, man. And and uh it's it's really good to connect again. Thank you, bro. Inspiration is full circle, dude. Like feel likewise. What a treat it is, uh, not just for our fans, but for us. Like, I think these things like podcasts get to just be, at the end of the day, a time capsule. We're going to like look back on these like 5, 10, 20 years from now. And like fans, fans who follow this journey, they're going to like, you know, see the first podcast that Ving was on. We're going to be talking about like projects that we're working on. They're going to see like later podcasts like this one where it's like, oh my God, like he's got a baby. He's like creative directing. <laughs> he's just like moved like Gabby's in this. And then hopefully, you know, if we continue this journey in life in general, like, you know, the, maybe there's another podcast five, 10 years. And, and like, that's it. That's what this is about, you know, just like growth, life doing what you love with the people that you love, finding success in what you love and stuff like that. And I, I think there's genuinely like no greater journey and glory than like what I'm fucking watching right now. I'm like <laughs> witnessing it. This and that's the funny thing because like as amazing. far as my life knows and my mentality, that's the end of the road so far. Like I don't I only have this, you know? Everything 
is through the just through the wire right now. I'm just peeking, and, and it's just a beautiful thing. Oh, so. you wait and see, bro. In a couple of years, a bunch of little us running around. <laughs> Part one. Well, uh, everyone, follow Ving, man. We'll plug his socials in in the description, all that good stuff. And uh, you got to be better with your social media updates so you're. you're <laughs> folks can, I know. Can know what's Honestly, going on. truthfully, is because all my videos and photos are of him. Oh, if that's just... what's going on. That's <laughs> hey, what's going life on. Is life. People <laughs> yeah. respect the, the truth of the hustle. Absolutely. <laughs> But folks, thank you so much for watching or tuning in. If you're finding this episode for the first time, we have many more episodes with amazing guests just like Ving that have graced the pod. Um, If you're really digging what we do, make sure you hop on iTunes or your podcast platform. Leave us a five-star rating. Write us a review. Follow us on our socials. Kinja's Podcast, Cast with a K. And uh, screenshot us. Let us us know that you're listening. And uh, we appreciate you guys. We love y'all. See y'all next time. Peace out. Kinja bang, y'all. Kinja bang. Mm-hmm.